2: Hello, I'm Gemma, and welcome to another episode of Good Influence. This is the podcast where each week you and I meet a guest who will help us pay attention to something we should know about, as well as answer some of your questions. This week we're talking about comparison how different people react to comparison when comparing ourselves becomes a problem, and little ways to start retraining our brains. So, joining me this week is Lucy Sheridan. Lucy is the world's first and only comparison coach and has been described as the queen of self-worth. She teaches workshops as well as offering private coaching on comparison and often shares nuggets of insight on her Instagram account too. She's also written a book on the subject called The Comparison Cure, How to Be Less Them and More You. I'm a full-on, like, three-jumpers,
1: oh, yeah. blanket over the lap, like, yeah. nana sat there working in the day. Oh, total nana. Yeah. Well, in, like, I'm from Leeds, we have this expression, nesh. Do you have that? Nesh means, like, you're prone to feeling the cold. Like, oh, i a bit nesh. I have nesh. heard that. Yeah. So, and yeah. I am properly nesh. Um, but yeah, so blanket on the lap it is. <laughs>
2: have you always been a
1: comparison free freezer? <laughs> uh, heck no, no. I have always compared myself with other people. I, a bit, since a very young age, I can vividly remember, for example, you know, comparing my colouring in to other toddlers even. And when my brother was born, when I was about five or six, thinking, well, you know, am I as cute as he is? And what's like, you know, the gift situation, the toy situation going to be from here and that sort of thing. And then it followed me right through my childhood with compare how my body was developing towards against other people my grades at school then you know maybe my plans for after school and then I was comparing like whether I had a you know I was in a relationship or not my body and then into work comparing if I was just you know uh, I'm using air bunnies here but like you know hashtag successful as other people um I ended up uh, so so it's always always been present when I kind of landed in that kind of area of work anyone that works in the creative industries will probably relate to this like it is very very intense and in all sorts of ways not saving lives or anything but it is really intense and I found myself um I I found myself developing anxiety which was partly brought about by my comparing I went to my school reunion in my late 20s Um, which on the day itself was really good fun. Like the barbecue was great. It was fun being in our old classrooms and seeing people like, you know, years on, genuinely having a really good, like lots of snort laughing, like really good, like catch up times. And then, you know, this was the time when like Facey B was the pinnacle. We didn't have the old IG back then. You know, it was kind of like... That it was, was basic. social media. That was right? it. Like Insta was kind of making its, making its way up, but we, we weren't quite there yet. Um, and yeah, so I was on Facebook and we were kind of adding each other on Facebook. And then so what happened with me sending all those friend requests and accepting all the ones coming my way too was the morning after my school reunion, my social media looked very, very different. And I ultimately woke up in this like Las Vegas of comparison. So if you're prone to comparing anyway you're really good at being able to kind of like rank or judge yourself against someone else or a group of people. And I suddenly opened the door and all these new sources of comparison just rushed in like a wave um and it's and it's from there that things took a bit of a well a bit of a a darker turn in terms of comparison just sort of took over my life I'm not talking like you know a bit of light stalking here of like you know your ex-best friend or whatever it was I was checking in on people that were genuinely strangers like I'd seen them for like a catch-up on Saturday in July at this school reunion I was checking in on people and finding myself like three years deep in there um holiday photos like rec- like looking at like looking at where they were working and all and all this just ranking 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 all the time and against that background of me um really struggling in the workplace I was at because of the pressure and a lot of the toxic um you know elements that were there too it kind of became a perfect storm and it got to a real low point and I found myself like on a lovely sunny Saturday afternoon I was lying fully clothed like in my bedroom and my phone like gave up because the scrolling had just got too much and I kind of I joke about this in my book it was like comparison just became too hot to handle like it cr- it crashed my phone and it was one of the few times in my life I haven't been many many times I've experienced this but I didn't hear of vo- it wasn't like I a thought I thought I could almost hear a voice like coming like audibly saying that's enough and it was almost like the big sister part of me said like that's enough now like you can't you can't do this anymore this is getting you nowhere and it was from there I thought well if I can think and feel myself in think and feel myself my way into this excuse me if I can think and feel myself my way into this can I think and feel my way out of it and I just almost like set that Mm. as a puzzle And so I started to, like, just pay attention to where my focus was going. And then I started to look at, like, other sources of inspiration. I suppose, like, healing and just understanding myself better, really. So that took me to the self-development aisle in Waterstones, like a big bookshop in the UK. Mm -hmm. And I grabbed a couple of books there. And then I found out about um, things like TED Talks. And I started looking at those, too. And I started to feel this fog of comparison to start to melt away as I got clear on what I wanted, what I liked, what felt important to me, what excited me about the future. And then things became, um, you know, more serious, I suppose. And I find myself kind of getting the 5.30 a.m. train on a Saturday where I was living in Leeds down to London to attend like training seminars. And then I got a credit card and like, you know, started paying for my life coaching training. Very much from a place of I'm feel, the more I'm understanding myself, the better I'm feeling about myself. And, you know, maybe the, I could start a blog about comparison or something like that, because it feels like people want to talk about it. Everyone seems to have their own experience of it. Every so often I meet someone that doesn't compare themselves and I want to study them like a rare bird. So if you're that person, come and find me at Lucy Sheridan, please. I need to talk to you. But, but um, it, it got more serious and my understanding kind of became broader and deeper. And then a couple of things happened at the job I was in. And I decided I was going to leave. I thought, right, I'll set up this... life coaching practice I'm going to see if people want to learn what I've learned about comparison they can apply it to their lives and to their present and their future um I thought I'll give it six months and I'll also do extra work as well so I was like work to my friend's nail salon and like you know did freelance work and all that sort of thing because anyone that's self-employed knows that sometimes it's not the mo- the smoothest most kind of like linear start to proceedings everyone's got their own anecdote <laughs> everyone does it like happens to everyone everyone's bridging to where they want to get to but hey that's for another time um but I thought what I'm gonna do for Six months I'm just gonna like write about comparison and comparison tips I'm gonna um, see if I can start um, doing talks in schools which I did and I'm gonna I'm gonna see, just see where this goes for six months and I won't say that kind of my feet were swept from under me with the demand I won't say that but I could tell that I was on something and so six months led to okay I'll give it a year okay, i give it 18 months. And that was kind of, you know, from saying, okay, I'm going to start this for six months. That was now seven years ago. So it was an element of, of I'm just going to try. But that was the transitional period where I kind of, what was kind of like an what felt like a confusing situation like oh gosh I'm having to leave work actually became an opportunity for me to pursue this and it's taken you know it's it's taken a while um, and obviously building any business takes time too but to be here like seven years on and still passionate about it and still learning about it still developing the work and still doing more training and helping people like I'm really glad for all the late nights I put in I'm glad that it's
2: gone so well but it kind of leads <laughs> but, it leads me to the question of how did you come to find all these people and how was it so
1: quickly evident that a lot of people were struggling with the same things that you were? Yeah well I suppose part of it was like following the clues that were already there so things like I noticed um when i noticed people saying like starting conversations with well i saw on facebook or went into, what i saw a post on instagram and they were starting conversations kind of based on what they were seeing on social media and then comparing themselves to what they were seeing on social media so anecdotally um I could feel it happening around and then when journalists were like talking to me and we were writing quite long pieces together like in national magazines that also gave me a flavor that um more people wanted to kind of learn from what I was developing and like get take on board the tips really um, and the advice and the kind of methods that are involved in becoming comparison free so in terms of kind of how they found me it's been a bit of a mix um I had to do a lot of the work obviously say like you know just like you know go to any market stall do you want to buy this <laughs> you know and like making it obvious like do doing my own website I'm setting up you know my Instagram channel and social media and a little bit of blogging in the early days but not so much now um but really telling people and kind of sharing that it was available and like I can do a session or we can do six and what started to happen is a few people were like yeah okay I'll give it a try because I need, I need to not compare myself anymore that's something that my clients and the people that are in my Instagram community get they they don't want to compare themselves it isn't working for them anymore they you know it might have Mm. been a distraction but they realize it's got a bit it's a bit more serious now and they would kind of tell their friends and they would tell their friends and then for example people start saying well could you come and do a workshop at my house with my pals on a Saturday morning I was like yeah sure so I you know get on the bus and go and then I started to say well look you know um, I'm going to do this workshop on comparison Come and join me. It's online, it's 10 quid. And then, you know, 40 people came, then 100 people came, then 300 people came. And so it was kind of a lot of it. And I think this applies actually to when you're starting any sort of business or wanting to do anything in your own, you have to take permission to talk about it and be very repetitive, knowing that the first time you say something, that you think you're saying something you'll be telling someone informing them the second time you're reminding them and I always kind of say to people like oh well I don't want to bore people and like if they want it they'll ask and that kind of thing it's like yeah they will to a point but you know if I go next door after this Gemma Love and I put on the tv and there's like I don't know like a toothpaste advert on I know I need to brush my teeth but someone's decided to spend millions of pounds reminding me to brush my teeth with this certain toothpaste you know if they if they can reinforce that I've been brushing my teeth since I had teeth you know this is not a new concept So if they, you know, other, you know, other things, other brands, other messages can be repetitive and reinforced. It's really important that ours are as well. You can never say it too much. And that was it because when I started out, I didn't have any money, I didn't have any connections. I was doing something which was super niche, like coaching. The coaching industry has taken off in ways I could never imagine. It's amazing. There's incredible help available, um, these days. But seven years ago, when I was kind of um, you know, breaking through, people didn't even know what coaching was, let alone comparison coaching. So it just go to show sometimes you just have to put the work in explaining and not making assumptions um, and that's what I made sure I did in the early days and um, before kind of like had the book and other things kind of spoke for themselves in the early days was making sure to say like what it is what it isn't and how it's available so a lot of it was down to me kind of like right it's Tuesday I'm going to say this online right it's Wednesday I'm going to email this person there was a lot of um, that kind of stuff going on. So that
2: kind of self-promotion always makes me think and To be honest in general I would say that you do come across as a very confident person which I think is the kind of thing that you need or at least are aiming for when you've got to do that kind of self-promoting stuff. Would you say have you always been a confident person or was that something that came
1: as a kind of side effect of you stopping comparing yourself with other people? definitely been a side effect I would I would say I've always had a level of confidence you know I was probably described as like chatty at school and that kind of thing or you know would kind of like put myself forward for things um here and there. But I think that confidence isn't necessarily something that you have consistently and you're born with. I think it's a bit like any and it's bit like topping up your iPhone battery, plug it in and work at like it powering it up and the more you'll have. I definitely go through phases of not feeling confident or just feeling like I need a rest. Um because, you know, a big part of the business or me doing my job does does rely on people being able to trust me to be directive in certain ways but being I, I definitely like treat my confidence like a supply and if I can feel like it's getting a bit low I take some time out and I kind of like take a bit of a break and do what makes me feel good and then my confidence will kind of come up again but but I definitely I definitely don't see it as a consistent thing at all like you know I think it was it would have been last December now. And I had a bit of, well, I suppose I call it, I had a, a mental health blip and like wild horses couldn't have dragged me online to talk about my business or talk about anything. Actually. I just wanted to just mm-hmm. be away and just be with myself. And then, so in like the new year when I was starting to feel myself and I come back to myself and was feeling like, okay, feeling grounded again, I didn't kind of, you know, turn it on like jazz hands. Hi guys, back with the comparison coach far from it. It was like taking a very gentle, gentle approach. Um, to it but I think confidence isn't something that you're born with or is just kind of handed out I've had to work at it certainly what I think um, is the case it is a bit like a muscle the more you work it the stronger it gets so if I'm nervous or fearful of something or I've got the heebie-jeebies or I'm at, I'm not feeling good enough what I can say is well look kid you did that last week and that week before so come on just have a little bit of courage have a bit of courage and follow through on what it is you want to do here and just see what happens so I do a lot of talking to myself like I'm a child. as I am like, come on, Kid, you're all right. You're all right. And I heard me kind of mention that like big sister energy, like that BSC. Like i use yeah. that a lot with myself to kind of um cajole myself along. Not um mercilessly and without breaks, far from it. But if something's important and um I need to show up for it, let's say, then I'll give myself like a really good pep talk and then and go for it but it's something I have to work at all the time all the time
2: it's quite nice to hear you talk about confidence in that way because I don't know that I would describe myself as a mm. very confident person and there's definitely been times in my life where I would have described myself as the opposite and someone yeah. who's got very low self-confidence mm. and I think that like low self-esteem to a certain level I suppose so it's nice to hear yeah. you talk about it that way because I think it can be easy to kind of box yourself in and say oh well I'm I'm just not a confident person totally. so I think that you'll never be confident
1: yeah and who you're around and your environment is so important as well like I feel very comfortable in your company Gemma so I do feel like I can be jokey and you know be myself and say what I That's really nice think you know it's a true story I speak the truth but there'll be other people um where I maybe don't trust them or I'm picking up a weird vibe or we're not we're not you know a good match and maybe I would show a different part of my personality that's not to say I'm not confident or I'm wearing a mask in that moment it's just that I'm going to alter my state for what is kind of happening in front of me um but I think when we're not feeling confident we sometimes think oh it's down to me and you know and it, this is just how it is but actually can me we, well how can I ask for some support here that'll just pep me up one percent Because that's, that's what it takes, I think, like, it's just feeling 1% better about something can completely transform it. I haven't got the energy, nor do I want to be the sort of person that is like running through a meadow, like, punching the air, like skipping, like, woo, life, let's go. Like, that just is not, that does not appeal to me. I just want to feel all right. I just want to feel like pretty neutral. Like, you know, and don't get me wrong. I love life and I love adventure, et cetera, But I also just want to feel neutral because I know what it is to experience the highs and lows and how I don't do well with that. So someone that has mm-hmm. experienced anxiety, if I can just keep myself in like my safety zone, I make good decisions, I'm a better friend, better sister, better husband, better doggy mummy, all sorts, when I feel all right. And so much of that is not just kind of, of course, it's making peace with yourself and appreciating yourself and having a sense of, you know, respect for yourself. Or, you know, to talk a lot about self-worth, which sounds like a, a big topic. But it's also about like the environment that we're in too. There's a quote, and now forgive me because I forget the reference for it. I'll try and find it for the show notes, babe. There's a quote um, which is kind of like, if you find a flower um, doesn't grow, you don't um, blame the flower. You look at the environment, you know, like, oh, well, is it in the shade? Oh, it's not getting enough sunlight or, you know, oh, have we watered it yet? Yeah. No, no, we need to put it somewhere where it gets water. And I think um all too often we kind of look at ourselves and are really hypercritical about I'm not enough of this, or I'm not this person, or, I'm not showing sure this person. And actually we're not with the people that can bring that out in us. And that doesn't mean you have to be surrounded by 20 people that get the pom-poms out at the end of your bed every morning. Having like one mate on WhatsApp that like really cares enough about you to wish you good luck on a job interview, or excuse me said you know what I'm not sure that date's right for you mate because have you seen how he's been treating you no it's like don't don't take that on yourself it's like it's not you it's them that can make all the difference too I really think it makes a difference who you're surrounded with
2: yeah absolutely I'm gonna shift us and kind of talk about rather than people you're surrounded with the people who you aren't surrounded with and are looking at from a distance in the wonderful world of social media (laughs) because and I knew this was going to happen and this is why I was so keen to have you on for an episode but as soon as I asked on Instagram for people to send in questions about comparison and sort of issues with comparison that I just had a flood of emails from mostly teenage girls I'll say so like the slightly younger end of my followers maybe who just had so many questions about and similar questions about how do you stop comparing yourself to other people on social media is that a huge part of your job now I can only
1: imagine it is certainly yeah and it affects all different ages and backgrounds too I wish it was as easy if I was say to you, well, if you just put your finger behind your right ear, you'll feel there's this like, you know, button. and You just press it. And then when you press that, like you don't compare yourself anymore on social media. It isn't that. There. There, are, there are steps to it though. And also like you have to want to do it. I know that sounds strange. It's like, well, why would I want to compare myself? It's a bit of a twisted thing because if we're comparing ourselves, it's easier to do that and sit and judge someone else online than it is to maybe think, well, what do I want to do? What do I want to do? Where? What do I want to pursue? Who do I want to date? What do I want to cook? What do I want to? It's really. It's much easier just to look at other people and just zone out and almost numb out in our judgment of them. So when it comes to how do we actually start, there are a few starting points. It's a bit of a jigsaw that you put together, and then repetition comes in. And again, forgive me for using the analogy again. The more you do it, you put these positive things in place, the stronger it gets. And then you start to notice it's not like you wake up and you're like, oh, I can see from my app, I'm not comparing anymore. How fantastic. But what you'll start to notice is hold on a second. I haven't sought out that person spontaneously on Instagram for months. Hold on a second. I'm looking at their social media posts and I just think, huh, that looks nice. Rather than what it says about me or how different we are or how much better they are. It's quite subtle when it comes to dissolving away comparison. And it is a a dissolving rather like a severance, like a guillotine kind of like hard action. So I've obviously just said that
2: I had a lot of messages from teenage girls, but not to generalise. And like you've just kind of mentioned, it is something that can affect everybody. Would you say that are? different kinds of comparison that tend to come in as you get to different stages of life is it quite does it change or is it just throughout
1: well yeah I would definitely say of course it's unique to the individual but it can change certainly so I would say I would say as we get older it's things that in our, what I've been able to see, like through doing this for a long time, <laughs> like exposed to like thousands of people, is in our maybe like 20s earlier kind of years, it might be that we compare ourselves to do I have a relationship? Am I at this place in work? As we get older, it can tend to move towards um, more milestones comparison. So, am I at this stage? Have I achieved this just yet? That said, what I would all say is there are four types of comparison. Um, so I've kind of like developed this personality quiz around this. I'll share. In fact, I'd be curious to hear, like, maybe I'll share with you what mine is. If you want to share okay. yours, that's totally cool. And if you know listeners, if you want to let me know what yours is, that's fine too. I've identified four different types of comparison. So it's a scanner, a scout, an archer and a squirrel. Okay. I'll explain because I get, they sound a little bit strange. So a okay. scanner is someone that compares themselves in lots of different ways to lots of different people a lots of different times so if you think about what a scanner is literally like totally scanning the landscape what's in front of them a scout is someone that compares themselves in lots of different ways lots of different types but it's not just strangers on the internet everyone it's more to maybe like their best friend or the people that live down the street to them so they're generally comparing they're comparing to people that are actually in their lives whereas a scanner is a bit more random it's like everyone like you know Blogger on the internet, lady down the road, you name it, it's all there. Then there's the archer. Now I'm an archer. And that means you compare yourself to someone you don't know, like far away, potentially stranger on the internet or even a friend's friend. And you compare yourself in one area. So I tend to compare, when I do compare myself, and it's very rare these days, it's kind of very spread out, the occurrences of it, thank goodness. But when Mm. I do compare myself, it's usually to do with work, professional stuff. And someone that looks like online, a stranger in America that looks like they've got it all going on. And I'm like, oh, they look great. I wish I was like them, you know, in the, my, the moments where I do it. And then we have a squirrel. A squirrel compares in this way. They, they compare in one specific way to like one person that they might know or a few different specific ways to someone they might know. So, for example, you might compare your um, uh, house style and your interiors kind of like, you know, prowess to your mate at work. Or it might be you compare your relationship to your best friend's relationship and maybe rank a bit there. But it's a squirrel. You kind of like you go looking for that nut. <laughs> you got looking for that nut. And so it's the cutest type, but it's still, you know, it's still dangerous. Mm. And so there are four different types. I used to be a scanner. So I used to compare lots of different ways to lots of different people, lots of different times. It's as exhausting as it sounds. But now I'm an archer and I'm open to the fact it might change in between time as well.
2: Mm. I think I am probably a scanner. Yeah, I don't know. I think that I think there's definitely different areas of life. Yeah. And it probably is. I think I probably compare myself much more to people I don't know. Mm-hmm. So have seen online, for example, than to people I do know. It's an interesting one, isn't it? And I'm trying I'm trying to actually now think about the different ways that I do compare myself to people. Yeah, I think because I am, you know, I am like a little bit older now. So there's those kind of like life milestone-y kind of yeah. things that you compare to other people. But then also there's people who, you know, I might follow on Instagram who yeah. I I follow them because I admire them professionally and I like the things that they do. But every so often I'll just, I'll see something and think like, oh, like, oh, I couldn't do that. Or yeah.
1: I wish I could do something like that.
2: Yeah.
1: And that's it, isn't it? It's kind of that trigger in that moment that makes such a difference yeah and what we've got to do is try and catch that really um that's what you know some of the tips that I often share with people that need kind of that immediate fix if they haven't got time to like sit and do like a coaching exercise is you have to kind of notice what you notice in that moment and try and catch it um so for example in that situation what I you know if you compare yourself in any moment so it's like let's just say you're scrolling your phone at lunchtime and you see something and then you go deeper and deeper and deeper And then it ruins your afternoon and then you don't get your stuff in for your boss and you kind of end up getting a telling off and then it ruins your week. You know, so comparison can like be a bit of a spiral. What I would say in that moment is the minute comparison strikes is to say good for you and the same for me. Good for you and the same for me. So I acknowledge that you're experiencing, living, having what I want. I also give myself permission to have my version of it. Like I'm treating this this as a moment of inspiration of how we're similar in some way because we share kind of this ambition or this desire. But I'm not going to let it um, derail me in this moment. I'm going to let it just be what it is. So good for you, and the same for me is really really powerful in those circumstances.
2: That is a great little mantra. I think it is, like you say, it's the kind of thing that you would have to practice. And I think it is probably something that I've got better at as I've got older, if anything, that I do have that sort of internal dialogue now, where if I notice myself doing it and thinking like, I mean it could be anything couldn't it like, yeah oh what like what a lovely hallway that person yeah or, it really could yeah oh what a cute baby or like oh what what an amazing book they've written and all like all, <laughs> it could be anything and ev- anything and everything but I do I catch myself when I'm like oh that oh that's really nice like I, I wonder if I want that but now I I, I am better at sort of then thinking well no that's great for them and I'm happy for them um, they probably also do this and um, look online and see people who they're jealous of and where is it getting me and who has given me this idea and let's just move on and have a tea. <laughs> there
1: you go too. That's it, it's moving yourself through it. It's moving yourself through it is so important. And you can sometimes, well, I would kind of say there's also like if you fancied it soon to like there's good to go a bit deeper. So for example, if you're seeing what that thing you're comparing yourself to, it's you're absolutely right to like like I say, just move through it, Gemma, as you've said there's also an opportunity to say okay what is this showing me about what I want and with that in mind what's my next right move so for example let's say yeah. that um you are comparing and you're like oh you know, it's getting a bit tricky I'm str- I am struggling with comparison this moment rather than letting yourself go f- go and like fall into it to say obviously good for you and the same for me but also okay what is it that this moment is able to teach me that I can use right now? So let's say that you'll get, you're looking um, at someone who's doing lots of right. They're really doing loads of blog content and you're like, Oh my gosh, like they, how on earth are they managing to go do all that? And it's, like, Oh, my blog will never be as good as theirs. And, and it off, it goes off, it goes off, it goes to negativity rather mm-hmm. than going down that road. Instead it's a case of, Oh, I really have to make time to get a blog post out by next Wednesday. Let me look at my diary now so that I can finish off the one that's been on my phone night, notes app for about two weeks. Where can I get the pictures for it? When am I going to finish it off? When can I post it? And, and and make a little plan for yourself. That has nothing to do with the traffic that is going to the other person's block and everything to do with what your plan is to move forward with what you want. And so, what mm-hmm. we're able to do is just cut through the fog that the comparison can kind of you know generate and make it feel difficult to move forward for ourselves and say hold on this is a flag of what's important to me how can I act on this right now or certainly soon so the focus goes from the other person what they have to you and what you are trying to create and it's really really powerful process
2: yeah that makes a lot of sense and I think I mean I can I can easily imagine applying that to something when it comes to work for example would you say that the advice you would give would be the same if somebody has a problem with comparison that's more to do with say comparing their
1: body to somebody else's yeah I would I would say it's slightly different in that sense and I tend to refer on and partner up people that have specific body comparison considerations because that's kind of outside my remit What I would say, though, that I do do feel from kind of that experience and kind of having so many conversations about this, which I love to have with people, is that when it's perhaps kind of an an appearance comparison that's happening, it's really important to look at kind of where is your self-worth at? what is it that makes you feeling what is it that's making you feel not enough in this moment and sometimes that takes a bit of a process and a bit of revisiting and going back about what our beliefs are about how we should or shouldn't look etc um or how we can um you know connect more with the body that we do have rather than the ones that we, we're being told to and um, so I do I do think there is different advice there I think that it is um when it comes to com- comparison like that one, which is one that so many of us like on the human like, in the human race, human race share, then it's important to go a bit deeper and and then and if it is kind of starting to take over things as well, make sure that you're getting specific help and support to discuss that and to kind of you know help you feel better about yourself. I think that's really important because it isn't just a case of oh just don't look, especially with body comparison the reasons for that can be many and complex so it's like love yourself enough to check it out rather than just try and like you know be flippant about it or change who you are yeah I like that advice
2: do you find that different people because we you say we all compare ourselves to other Mm -hmm. people but do different people react to comparison differently so I'm kind of thinking of like you know some people's personality where if if you tell someone like oh you can't do that you can't do it some people will think well who the hell are you to tell me I can't do it I'm gonna prove you wrong and I'm, go- I'm gonna do it yeah. and some people which I'm probably more like this if somebody tells me you can't do that you're not good enough to do that then I'll be like oh okay, okay, yeah, okay I, won't, fine. I won't try oh, yeah. that's terrible do you think people can react the same way to comparing themselves to other people. Do some people find it motivational and some people find it just makes them sad?
1: Yeah, I, I definitely think that some people use comparison as only an inspiration and like a view of what's possible and they can use it to drive them forward. And then the, and and, and it, it's not even like necessarily, I think it's in the, mo- in the moment how you feel. I might compare myself in the work say, yeah, I can go and go do that too, but I compare myself in kind of like fashion think like, oh, I could never do that. I suppose it varies for individuals as well but I certainly feel there are some things that we see and we are inspired and ignited and like motivated by the possibility and there are some things where if it's a particular kind of like comparison trap for us it we just reinforce what we can't do what I try and kind of advise clients is that um, I to tell people to, like, find your pips. So a pip is a proof it's possible. This is someone that has done what you want to do, achieved, experienced, it, whatever it is, even if they're way older than you or way younger, forget age, has done what you want to do, find that proof it's possible, and then you'll find that you'll always have a source of inspiration for that area of comparison to go back to, even if it's triggered by someone else. Um, Because I know some people just walk around life thinking life's just one big Pinterest board. Look at everything that's on offer. How amazing. And then there were the rest of us. (laughs) They were like, oh, this feels a bit clunky, actually, you know.
2: I really like that you say that in a weird way, only because you were the world's first and only comparison coach. But like you tell everyone that they need to go for this proof it's possible. Yet you've managed to do this thing that nobody else had done before. <laughs> Why was your
1: pip? Well, I suppose um, I had to be my own little pip because I could see that, for example, when people were kind of saying, "Can you tell me what you've done?" I'm like, "Well, I can show you what I've done, so you can do it for yourself." But I can't. I can't. No point in me just telling you what I've done. That's just a story. But I, but it's kind of like you can compile your own little bits of evidence um along the way and I suppose it's kind of um even though there wasn't a pit for someone that did exactly what I had I could see people around me doing elements of what I wanted so I could take bits and pieces from there um, and be excited about putting them all together
2: do you think there are some easy ways to tell when you're you've gone beyond normal human tendency comparison to know when you're in a position where comparison is really something that's become a problem for you? Yeah,
1: I think, we'll each of us have our own scale. but I know certainly I'll speak for myself and I've seen this with clients as well, but I'll use, I've not asked their permission to reference I'll use myself as a case study. I started to become fixated. So, you know, I would be like rinsing my hair in the morning thinking, I wonder what so-and-so is going to post today. I wonder what they're doing. Like it became like a bit of a fixation on people um and it would mean that I couldn't really get through the day without I couldn't get through the day feeling focused as well because it would be so distracting um whether it was you know from tasks or other more kind of important things so I think we each of us know when something's got a bit out of hand and your bit out of hand might be different to my bit out of hand and there's someone else down the line you know someone else might think oh I'm typing their name randomly into the search bar on the gram. Maybe I should cool off a little bit here. What am I doing? Whereas kind of like my phone had to die because I was doing that so much before I stopped. <laughs> <Too> <laughs> so much I, searching. Yes, exactly. So I think it's, indivi- it's totally individual for each of us. But like, you'll know. It may be very uncomfortable to realize it. It's quite confronting, actually. But you'll know when it's just it's gone a bit too far.
0: Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Every week, my guest and I will be answering your questions,
2: and the first one comes in from Chandra. Could you talk about comparing yourself to other versions of yourself? Sometimes I feel bad about myself for not working as hard or looking as nice or being as happy as I was during different points in my life. Is this normal?
1: It's absolutely normal. And I will say I've got quite a, I've got quite a, a strong opinion on this um, because sometimes I see quotes as in like, the only thing you should compare yourself to is the previous you. No, no comparison is ever really that helpful when you're in a place of kind of looking to criticise yourself. What I would say is around this, when we kind of find ourselves in this moment, with those moments, it's so important. To, like, what I would do in this moment is p- put my hand on my heart and rub it and I'd say, like, I'm right here. I'm so glad for every step it's taken me to get right here. I'm so glad and proud of all my experiences. And there are some parts that I wish were happening now, but I wouldn't be who I am today right in this moment had I not had I not had to work for it. Like I have to honour who I am in this moment whether I can fit in those jeans or I'm dating that person or I've still got that job or not, we have to honor ourselves in this moment. It's a real disservice to who you are today to be idolizing and holding on a pedestal who you were or what you were doing three years ago. If there are things that you really wish were still there. So for example, like you were in a period of motivation, you're like, I'm just so sluggish at the moment. Well, first of all, as we're recording, we're going through one of those bizarre years the human race has ever seen. So rather like I must force myself to be motivated, but, Look what was happening at the time you were motivated. Oh, well, I was getting up early. I would really like love that new album I was listening to. I'd, discover- I'd rediscovered this cool hobby and then suddenly it just gave me more energy. So Ron, like I wish I was like that again. Look at how can I create the conditions to get that result today? And you can kind of like draw from the inspiration, the clues that that past self left you, but be kind and attuned to yourself in this moment.
2: I think that's a really good answer and I mean I'm gonna sneak in a bonus question what the hell it's my podcast I'm allowed to do it yes do it she's power mad (laughs) there was a very similar question from Mm. Maria who asked about when other people compare you to old versions of you and say they maybe don't like the new you
1: well I have a strong opinion on this as well which is it's in lots of people's interest that you stay absolutely the same that you stay predictable and that you stay as they would expect you to be because that makes you safe and it can keep you small it's not in your interest not to grow it's not and we will there'll be some pals you've got some colleagues you've got name any sort of person there'll be some relationships and you grow at the same sort of rate at the same sort of pace and there's an easy acceptance there. They're like our peeps, whether you've known them 2 days or 200 years, they're like they're your people. And there'll be some people that will find your growth really triggering and uncomfortable because they want it or they want to control you or they don't want things to change at all. So how do you how do you answer to that comparison? Well, the bigger picture is, do you want the relationship to continue? Because what is going to be the result of their continued comparing of yourself to your past? if they if they because because it's a way of not accepting who you are that's really uncomfortable what they're saying is i would prefer you if you were different but i'm not different i'm, I'm here so first of all there's that larger question bigger question which does not have to be a burn and destroy where you go on social media going if you can't accept me who i am you're out of here it's like yeah you auntie pauline even you and you you're all out like it's like whoa See like ya. cool you yeah, exactly shut the door behind you like cool your jets So there's that question, which is you as an individual to ponder, but there's also um, just coming up with ways just to survive and get through those moments. So things like, you know, why do you always do that? Why don't you do what you used to do? And you say something like, it works for me. And just move the conversation on, Or even like, yeah, fair enough. You know, and I would say it's important not to be too deferential and like submissive. But if you just want to get through the conversation, cause you do deeply love that person. You want to then have a conversation down the line about how it's making you feel. Mm. That's important too. Cause another thing I'd say is if it gets to the point where a bit of light banter, which can hide a bit of meanness actually. Um, if it gets to the point I where this, agree. yeah, i that can be the most hurtful. Can't it? Where I was, like, <laughs> I was only joking. I'm like, no, you're gaslighting me. But anyway, um, <laughs> but, um, that's for another time. um, if the the comparison to your past self continues to such a point where it's making you feel uncomfortable and it's becoming a theme of conversation, then it's for you to say, I just need to highlight that most times we're together, you talk about how I was two years ago, but I'm right here now and it's making me uncomfortable and actually it's making me feel quite upset. So I'm going to ask you don't do it anymore. And if you do, we might have to look at where this friendship is going to go all the way. Because I really love you and you're a good friend to me, which is why I feel like it's okay for us to have this difficult conversation. I don't want to have this conversation either. But it's more important that I tell you this than keep coming up against these jabs because it's not okay. And I wouldn't want to hurt your feelings and I hope you wouldn't want to hurt mine. So can I just ask that we just knock it on the head? And more often than not, you'll get a, ooh, gosh, Mm." All right, yeah, okay, fine. All right, calm down, whatever it is. But if it gets you the result, it's really important. Those conversations get easier as you get older, I would say. But it is important that we start to show, Just you don't have to be brave. You can have a little bit of courage around those things. Mm. It might save the friendship, might save the relationship. Oh, I'm so glad that I snuck that question in. (laughs) Next question
2: is from Eduarda, who asks... I've noticed that I struggle to be genuinely happy when something good happens for a Mm. friend, especially another woman, whether it's career wise or in their personal life. Mm. It's like my brain thinks because something good is happening to someone, I can't have the same thing. It's very frustrating and I feel like I'm being a terrible friend.
1: So thank you Eduarda for your vulnerability here. I think a number of us can relate to this. So thank you for bringing this to the conversation. Um, so what this is referring to or is kind of related to is the zero sum game, the myth of the zero sum game. And what that means is that a win for someone else is a loss or a takeaway from you. And it's a myth. It isn't that case. There's a few different steps to counter this, because, again, it takes a little bit of work rather than there's the switch and here's how you flick it. So, first of all, I think it's really important you've acknowledged. I don't want to feel this way. I don't want to be bitchy. I don't want to be resentful. I don't want to not be genuinely happy when I'm sending those emojis, even though I am the clenched teeth emoji. Like, well done, I suppose. Congratulations, I suppose, kind of thing. Um, So it's really important that you get that and that you want to make the shift so that you can be happy because that's what you want to get back in return there too. This sometimes takes a little bit of space and time to like work on ourselves and just look after ourselves a little bit. So what I'm not going to say is just unfollow them. That's a short term solution that might help in the short term just to give yourself a bit of space while you regroup. But then it's important to be looking at things. So what I think is an amazing um, way of dissolving comparisons: is look at the ways you're similar to the person that the good thing is happening to rather than what makes you different. So even if it's our hair is sort of similar, we both like this music or something else completely random. <laughs> Look oh. at the ways somehow how random like, that you are similar and it will connect you in that moment, even if it's brief and not the strongest, instead of separating and fragmenting what's going on in that moment. and work, and, and just even doing that I I do like her ring. I do like where the proposal happened or I think she's done really well and that her LinkedIn profile is amazing or whatever it is. Just looking for the ways that you are similar and the positives about what's accessible to you can really, really help in the moment. If it's getting... A bit too much, like I say, a bit of space, which doesn't have to be announced. A bit of space can work absolute wonders. A bit of space can work absolute wonders. So give yourself that space to regroup, work on yourself, um, and look at kind of like working yourself. When we say work on yourself, that's such like a general term, but I mean give yourself some care and compassion. Look at your mindset. Look at kind of what's important to you, and look at making sure that you are living your values. You're going after what you want to. That you're clear on what your goals are. Because here's the thing: when you're in your own lane. Like you, you literally do not care what anyone else is really doing. I know certainly when my comparison comes up when I don't have a plan. I've not really kind of thought about what I want. I'm not excited maybe about anything in that moment, and I feel maybe like a lost at sea. That's when my like most intense, severe comparison has happened. When I'm plodding along on my own in my own lane, comparison just cannot get to me. It just cannot get to me. So. The question isn't like, how do I cope and like make, just feel better? The question is, how do I invest in myself so that I can be really, really happy with what I'm doing in the lane I'm in, such that when I see other people reporting stuff I'm like fist pump to you, emojis to you?
2: I'm really loving this. I feel like I'm having a semi-private <laughs> therapy oh, session where I can just see you. I think this is all such good information. Oh, thanks, love. Next question is from Liz, and she says... Is there a way to turn comparison into a positive rather than a negative? Rather than focusing on comparison as a bad thing, are there any techniques you can apply to take a mindset and use
1: it to drive you and your achievements? Well, I think kind of building on what we said to Eduarda's question or maybe kind of question before that, too, is we can go even further and we can look at kind of like... um, using what inspires us to make our own practical source of inspiration as well so let's say that um you want to you know you're comparing yourself to someone who's just done something in their career you might make like a vision board about like what your your next like most exciting career path could be and then you might not only and then what you're doing is you're not only playing off the inspiration and making it your own about what that person does but you can also go and find other pips as well. So find like 10 people like that friend or that stranger on the internet that's done what you want to do as well. Get excited by all the people that in their own way, at their own time of life, on their own, in their own lane, are doing what you want to do or experiencing what you want to. So I suppose another way of that is crowd yourself with the inspo if because it's interesting like someone might report something and they've had like a promotion at work I'm just using an easy example they've had a promotion at work you're like yeah well done and um, then someone else says you're like oh god yeah of course she's got the promotion <laughs> you know? and it's kind of really like you want to be putting your focus on the people that maybe don't irritate you and we all get irritated because welcome to human rights um You want to put your focus there, but like crowd yourself with the inspiration and also like write down the reasons why you're inspired and why it's important to you as well. Because that will connect you deeply with yourself and your own goals. And that means comparison. Please excuse me. Comparison kind of can't carry you off and drop you somewhere.
2: Perfect. Okay, and last one I've got for you is from Carla and she says, I've read so many articles about how to make sure my feed isn't full of things that make me feel bad about myself. But what can we do to not make our friends or followers feel bad? Every time I'm about to post something really good that happened at work, I think, how can I share this in a way that doesn't seem like I'm bragging about it and doesn't
1: make other people feel bad? Okay, the first response is not your job. It's not your job to try and control or manipulate like how someone else is going to feel because you just simply cannot guess and control that. What I'd say, Carla, is the energy always leads you posting something that you're excited about at work people will know like how excited you are about it how hard you've worked for it how much you've been looking forward to it and they will flood you with the good vibe that goes with that oh, nice one Carla oh my god I knew you've been I knew this was gonna happen for you good on you because you're posting from a place of please celebrate with me this is really important what is different to that is when someone is doing what you might call a boast post oh just casually you know going to the shard from the because I'm really powerful and important like oh casual like lol you know hashtag lol hashtag you know uh, relax whatever it is and passing it off as no big deal when actually it is a big deal and that does feel a little bit yeah fake and it does feel irritating and it does make people feel bad so like oh come on you're pretending it's all casual when actually we know it's there's a lot of effort that's gone into it so to summarize on that the energy always leads and that is if you post the intention of sharing to just to like mark this important thing in your work do it it will be picked up like that but don't shrink or filter yourself because then when does it stop you know when does it actually stop it so it can be a yeah. really dangerous habit to go into I wouldn't want my friend not giving me the full extent of her, um, you know, giving her the full extent of her excitement or all the details, you know, on something because of what other people might think. I want to celebrate that. So we're never going to be able to control what people think and how they feel and if they're having a good day or a bad day. We can't do that. All we can do is be responsible for what we're putting out and how we do it. And if they're both kind of clean and positive, like post till the cows come home.
2: I think also, even just from the self-awareness in that question of being so aware of not wanting to hurt people's feelings, I'm quite sure that that's not what you're going to do. Absolutely agree, yes. Remember, if you want to get in touch with us or have any questions for future episodes, email me at goodinfluencepod at gmail.com. Before you go, I've got three things that I ask of every guest, and that's if listeners want to find out more about what we've been talking about. Can you give us something to read? something to listen to and something to watch please
1: so um something to read may i be so bold as to suggest my book the comparison cure
2: you absolutely <laughs> may be so bold
1: thank you so my book the comparison cure how to be less Them more you does what it says on the tip so i think that can be a really i really i wrote that as a manual to kind of download everything that or at that point, everything I've been doing with private clients. So it's it's really is a handbook to get you to that point of comparison free. To listen to, I would say there's a great book called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. And this is a really interesting book um, to listen to because, you know, it's a great one to kind of get you thinking about how do you limit yourself how am I affecting my confidence? How am I holding myself back? And there are so many practical gems in there. I go back to um, listening to that audio book at least once a year, maybe more if I'm feeling a bit down. I think it's a great place to go back to. Um, for, things, for something to watch to help with comparison, I simply must recommend the Brené Brown talk on vulnerability. And I think, you know, if they only allow me to say anything else brene fiend, Brene Brown's a documentary or show on Netflix as well is amazing. So I love, love, love Brene Brown. And um, that um, talk she did on TED about being vulnerable, and how they're being strengthened, owning how we feel, has such a big impact and is so relatable to how we can stop comparing ourselves to and the benefit of them. So they would be my three gems.
2: I haven't seen that TED Talk and that sounds
1: oh you would love it it
2: sounds like I would love it yes you would thank you for joining me for this episode of good influence if you've enjoyed the episode please take a minute to subscribe to the podcast on whichever platform you're using and if you're feeling generous you can rate and review as well your reviews make a big difference and help other people find the podcast see you next week